I walked through these doors, I said, we're going to win a championship. That's the reason I took this job is to yeah. win a championship. But now you can sit there and say, not just a you know, conference championship, let's win a national championship. I feel like you put coaches in, he's a great recruiter, or he's a scheme guy, or he's a program builder, or he hires great stat. What's the thing that you do the best? I feel like I do everything. In this business, you better be a, you know, you better be able to raise money, you better be able to recruit, and you better be able to be a football coach. When I think back to the NIL portal era, it started here with one of your players, Jordan Addison, who left to go to USC. What do you think of it, the combination and, and how, how you've seen it play out in college football? When the tampering happens and guys are coming to steal your guys is when, that's when it gets bad. What's something about Kenny Pickett that most fans don't know or realize? He will will you to win, yeah. okay? And that's what the Steelers are gonna get out of Kenny Pickett. He'll lead them to a Super Bowl, I have no questions about it. What's a time in your time at Pitt here where you had to, maybe it was the toughest moment or a time you had to overcome some adversity? Yep. Oof. Mm, that's a good one. Before we get to the pod, I got to tell you about our new sponsor, Caldera Lab, and I am fired up. Because of Caldera Lab, I'm able to put my best face forward. How do I do that? By adding a skincare routine from Caldera Lab into my day every single day. Now, I know what you're saying. There's no way this guy sticks to a skincare routine, but joke's on you because there's no way this face stays this clean and looks this good without it. And honestly, it's not that hard. I just needed the tools, and now I have them from Caldera Lab. Here's some insight on my personal routine. Number one, the clean slate. It's a face wash that starts and ends every single day for me. Number two, the base layer, a moisturizer that hydrates my skin, and number three, the good, a bedtime night serum that has my skin feeling tighter and smoother than ever before. The skincare world is not just for females anymore, it's for men too, and it's doing wonders for me. So what are y'all waiting for? Go to calderalab.com slash Adam B for 20% off their best products. That's a huge discount at calderalab.com slash Adam B. And guys, supporting our sponsors like Caldera Lab supports me and allows me to do this podcast every single week for all of you. So please support Caldera Lab at calderalab.com slash Adam B for 20% off. Before we get to the pod, I want to tell you all about Athletic Greens. And let me tell you, when I found out about this sponsor, I was fired up because I've been using Athletic Greens for years and I want to promote to you guys the things I actually use. I love Athletic Greens. As a former Division One athlete, I've tried countless supplements and recently my nutrition and my health has become a bigger deal for me as I get farther away from my playing career. And let me tell you, Athletic Greens is the real deal. Has me feeling healthy and energized every single day. With as much as I'm on the road traveling, shooting podcasts, it's hard to have a healthy diet, hard to have healthy nutrition, hard for me to get my vitamins and minerals every single day. My doctor even told me that last time I saw him. But with Athletic Greens, I get 75 plus vitamins, minerals, and a bunch of other healthy things. I don't even know what they are, but I know they're good for you. And when I wake up every single day now, I feel energized. My digestion has never been better, and I'm ready to attack each and every day because of Athletic Greens and AG1. So if you want to take ownership of your health like I am right now. Try AG1 today at drinkag1.com slash next up and you get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs when you go to my link tryag1.com slash next up. And guys, all of you who support this podcast, you guys supporting our sponsors helps me a ton. So please go support AG1 and support next up through the process and optimize your health and nutrition today. Drinkag1.com slash next up. Check it out. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Next Up podcast. I'm Adam Brenneman. I'm in Philly right now, but about to fly to Pittsburgh to go do a podcast with Pitt head coach Pat Narduzzi. Coach Narduzzi's built this Pitt program to one of the best in the ACC. They won the ACC championship just a couple seasons ago. He's coached Kenny Pickett, who's been on this podcast. And even as a Penn State guy, I love what Coach Narduzzi's doing at Pitt. 
Before we get into the podcast, please subscribe to this podcast no matter where you're at. YouTube, Apple, Spotify. It's totally free. You press subscribe below and it helps me a ton. allows me to do this podcast and travel around the country. Last time I checked, only about 50% of you who actually watch and listen to this podcast every single week are subscribed to this channel. So please press that subscribe button below. Now it's time to go to Pittsburgh. Next up. Damn, <laughs> that was loud. Huh? <laughs> Serious. I was I was laughing at the uh, at the think at the is this on Zoom text message. I, was, <laughs> I didn't I didn't do a good job just explaining what we were doing. <laughs> well, I did one of these you know podcasts. I never listened to them. Maybe I should start listening to them. But, uh, but I did one with Bronco. I listened to it. I listened to it this morning. Yeah. Okay. It's and, pretty good. Uh, and. Uh, yeah, you know, I did that over Zoom, so I didn't. I just figured the podcast is a Zoom thing. You know, it's a COVID thing. Zoom, Zoom everything until. Are we good? Yeah. Cool. So we, okay. We, we just get right into it and start rolling. Sure. I, I appreciate you doing this. I, of all the, I've been getting a lot of requests for you. A lot of I tweet out and ask fans who they want to hear, hear on it, and I've been getting a lot of a lot of pit fans asking for you. So I appreciate you doing this. No doubt, it's a it's a pleasure to get with you. I know you came out to practice one day, yeah. a couple of years ago, and uh, you know you've done a, done a great job with your career and thank you and uh, followed you followed you through all that. So it's good to have you here in Pittsburgh. I appreciate. It. Yeah, thanks for having us. And uh, I, I want to start back when you took this job in 2015, first time head coach uh, in college. What was the thing that, when you got here, surprised you the most? Oh, boy. Um, you know, I think the willingness just to help you, you yeah. know. I, I think I'd probably say, you know, just the willingness. I mean, you get a head job and you're, you're just looking for help. And I think, you know, Chancellor Pat Gallagher was unbelievable. Um, you know, the support that I had from Jerry Cochran and Randy Jules, who was mm-hmm. just an interim AD, really didn't have an AD yeah. uh, in place here. But it was just the willingness to um, to to do whatever it took, whatever I needed to get this job done. And, you know, it doesn't always happen, I think, everywhere. And I think when I took the job, I said, you know, one thing I need is everybody going in the same direction. I can't be wanting to go in this direction and people are going, hey, let's try this or maybe next year. Yeah. Uh, so just the, the the ability to do what we wanted to do. This whole building that you walk through here today to get to my office has been renovated. Yeah, um, and, yeah. and a lot of it got done as soon as I got here by August. So yeah. got here really, you know, in January, you know, after, after the bowl game and um, after the Cotton Bowl and, and rolled in here and by August we had a lot of things switched up that needed to be done whether it was a locker room a team room that you know you visibly could you know have a, and execute a, a team meeting and mm-hmm. uh, all critical things that, that got done immediately so that was probably the most surprising thing that they were able to do that that quickly even this room is a what do you call this room? Is this this is the you meet with you call whatever you want. Part of your office. closing room. I think closing you call room, it the closing yeah. room. It's, it's, that's it's, what Jed Fish called it. When I, I, was I call it like my family room. It's really the family <laughs> room because you know I have a lot of meetings with whether it's coaches or players yeah. in this meeting room. But uh, uh, you know it used to be just one big office, and yeah. I was like you know you need to separate the, the dirty stuff in there. My desk is a mess, so it's <laughs> a place to step away. And, and yeah. whether it's me just having a conversation with a recruit on the couch yeah. uh, on, a, on a cell phone, whatever it may be, just a yeah. place to get away and, and feel like home. Yeah. So, so you prepare your entire career to be a head coach, and, and you get the job in 2015. What, you, know, you, you got your manual, you got everything you're ready to do. What's the thing that maybe you didn't prepare for or weren't prepared for that you learned on the job, on the fly? There's a lot of moving pieces and moving parts. You know, there was really nothing. I mean, yeah. you know, you're, you're an assistant coach long enough that you kind of know What's when you get on? that job. And, you know, and I, I can't even tell you I had this plan. You know, some people talk <laughs> about, 
I think it's a bunch of baloney. The ten, you know, the ten, you know, ten day plan. The first ten days, this is what I'm going to do. I think that's a great interview thing, which I didn't use in my interview. Um, but you know, you don't know what you're walking into. I mean, it, you just play, you know, really day by day and hour by hour what you're going to do. Nothing surprised me. I mean, I think I was just well equipped to, to step in here. I think at Michigan State, my eight years there and three years at Cincinnati, eleven total with Mark D'Antonio yeah. uh, prepared me. You know, but even back when I was a GA for Randy Walker. It, at uh, my Ohio prepared me. So I think I've, you know, as a, as a coach and, a, and she's kind of a hungry coach, you know, every step of the way, I was always thinking about well, how would I do it? Oh, yeah. that's a great idea. Let me do that. I love it. And again, I didn't have to write down my plan. I already knew my plan. Yeah. It was something you just, you execute it uh, when you finally get the opportunity. Yeah. How has this pro- this program changed the most from then when you walked in here to now in 2023? You know, I'd have to say, I mean, obviously the facilities, but, you know, besides facilities and what we look like and the perception, maybe, I would say the talent level. Yeah. I mean, you know, Aaron Donald left before I got here, so I didn't get to coach him. Yeah. So let's take him out of it. Uh, <laughs> I wish I would have had an opportunity to coach him because he's such a phenomenal individual as well as a, a football player. But I think the talent level, mm-hmm. you know, we go back and watch videotape, you know, every year you seem to go back and, you know, you self-scout yourself, you know, and, and yeah. probably Syracuse is that one school that you go back and look years ahead. Mm-hmm. What, hey, what did they do against us back in 2015? You're always going back yeah. and you watch what our players looked like uh, back in 2015 to what they look like in 2022 and 2023. You're kind of like, wow, mm-hmm. we've we've increased our talent level, I think, uh, greatly. Uh, and, and you hope you do that wherever you are. But I think we've done a great job evaluating talent, bringing in the right guys and not making mistakes. And that's yeah. half the battle. Uh, yeah. It's not making mistakes in recruiting. What were the things you learned from Mark D'Antonio that, that you took with you when, when you got here? Oh, gosh. I mean, a lot, I've right? learned, you know, <laughs> you know do you, do how many days do you have? Um, but, you know, it's just, I mean, it's everything. I mean, it's, yeah. you, you, you know, and it's more off the field than it is on the field. Uh, you know, when me and D'Antonio got together back in 2004 at the University of Cincinnati, and he came from Ohio State. I was coming from Miami, Ohio. Mm-hmm. You know, he was an undercover three guy. Yeah. I was an overcover four guy. <laughs> I mean, complete opposite. We couldn't agree, uh, Adam. We couldn't agree on where the front got kicked because in an under defense, they put the, the uh-huh. they call the shade to the tight end. Yeah. In an over defense, we put the three yeah, technique three, to the yeah. tight tight end. So I mean, I'm sitting there. It's a right call, and he goes, "No, it's a left call." I'm like, "What, what are you talking about?" You know. <laughs> so it was totally opposite. So I mean, we we you know. Uh, we've morphed into, you know, obviously, you know, from that on, that you know first year on, um, into being an over cover four mm-hmm. team and kind of doing what what uh, you know I knew best and what I could execute the best as a defensive coordinator. Um, but just all the off the fields and how you're treating people and how you organize this, you know. But I, I would say team meetings. I would say our winner's manual, which he got from Jim Trestle. Mm-hmm. So I give, you know, Jim, Jim Trestle and and, um, and Coach D'Antonio the the the. the, the the thing that I learned there probably it probably just the, the organization part of it uh, yeah. I, you know he was very organized and and treated people the right way and yeah. I think that's the key is just you know the relationships you have with your players your coaches and everybody in your building from the outside looking in for someone who's observed this program you've done such a great job of building a culture here it, it translates to when guys go to the NFL you see it on the field and, and how you guys play what does culture mean to you and what what is the culture culture here at Pitt Oh boy! I mean, culture is that that, that word that you yeah. know. What's is, it really is, mean? <laughs> yeah, what does it really mean? But when I look at culture, what I want to hear is a disciplined football team mm-hmm. that takes care of each other. Um, you know, our guys are happy. You know, I wanted a happy team. You know, yeah. I always talk to recruits every day. 
um, that, that I talked to him about, like when they walk through the front doors of this building, everybody would be happy. To me, mm-hmm. culture is happiness, yeah. right? Smile. Yeah. I mean, I want, I want guys to have a smile on their face when yeah. they walk in here. And that, that means they're, they're around people they care about, people they want to work hard for. And to me, mm-hmm. the culture shows up on the field. If they're happy walking through the door every day, I always say, you, you know, you're going to, you know, uh, overachieve academically and athletically. And if you're not happy walking through that door, that means we're doing something wrong as coaches and, yeah. and as a staff, and we're not making everybody happy. But you know, and again, happy just doesn't mean you're starting and you know you reached all your goals. Yeah. But you're you're being you know told you know uh, the truth. Uh, it's about honesty, and and I think you know all those things sometimes get abused in college football. But I always felt this: if you tell the kids the truth yeah. and tell them like it is, my dad always said, you know, hey, I'm just going to tell you like it is, and he pointed his yeah. finger. It was about that, his fingers were about that big, <laughs> um, and, and you just tell like it is. I mean, yeah. the kids are happy, but they just want to be told the truth. And so yeah. I think you know you, you talk about happiness, you talk about truth and honesty. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where you know our culture starts. Yeah. The, the one thing I wanted to ask you is. If you could, you know, sitting here now in 2023, you've been here for eight years now. If you could go back and give yourself advice in 2015 when you're walking in to take the job, what piece of advice would you tell yourself? Mm, that's a good one. I'm going to be honest with yeah. you. You know, everybody says, you know, you know, hiring your, hiring your staff is probably the hardest thing to do, yeah. right? And, um, you know, um, the best piece of advice I'd give any, you know, young coach going into this is, you know, people always said, oh, when you come in, just clear house, get rid of everybody, yeah. you know, including EJ, you know, I could have got, no, he's, he's untouchable. Um, but, can't, can't fire him. Can't fire him. But, you know, they said just kind of, you know, hey, get your guys in there. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's somebody's life. And, yeah. and uh, probably if I had to go back again, I probably would have just maybe cleaned house faster than I mm-hmm. did. You know, I took some time on some things, and then some guys, you know, there's turnover at times when you don't want turnover. Yeah. And there weren't guys maybe that were so loyal to me that maybe I just should have just cleaned house that way. And I, I probably should have been more involved in every hire. And, you know, yeah. as a head coach, I've never been that power hungry where I say, hey, I'm going to hire every assistant on our staff. I've mm-hmm. kind of, like, I know the defense, and I'm not a guy that's going to say I know offense, and I know the yeah. tight end room, and this is the best tight end coach. And then someone's going to say, well, I like that tight end coach better. Yeah. So I try to give our coaches ownership and the first time that first you know time you try to give your coordinators ownership on hey who they want to hire in the staff and yeah. you know if I had to go back again you know uh, it's pretty simple. I guess maybe the one thing I wasn't prepared for is I was always looking at defense. I was the head coach of the defense, <laughs> and I never saw what was going on on the offensive end of the field. Yeah. But to me, it's the same thing I've been doing on the defense field. And you know, probably could have done a better job of, of hiring better teachers maybe at times yeah. um, that, I, that did exactly what I want. But offensively, I kind of let you know, Coach Jim Chaney, who's, who's a guru, why not yeah. let Jim Chaney – yeah. Uh, hire the staff, but you know, we maybe made a couple mistakes there that that I regret and go, man, I could have got that. And yeah. it comes down to teachers. Yeah. And I always tell this story in recruiting when we hired a new O line coach, Dave Borbley, mm. after about three years. You know, I was looking for a technician, someone who could develop that room, Adam. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and again, I had learned after three years that like I know what a teacher is, right? Yeah. I got an education degree. <laughs> you know, I got a master's degree. Like, just I need a guy that can p- just teach, just mm-hmm. teach me something. It doesn't matter whether it's a D lineman, a linebacker, or a running back, or an offensive lineman. So, um, you know, I, I, I let Coach Cheney kind of take controls. Of, you know, hey, who do you like? Yeah. You know, I'll you know I'll, I'll check the box as far as people because it comes down to hiring the right people. And yeah. we had you know. The, yeah, you know, we had great people. Put yeah. it that way, they were all great. But you know, were they the teachers that you needed, or that I wanted to develop our team? Yeah. And at times, you know, and that's no disrespect to anybody. It's just like I want the teaching done yeah, the way right. I want it done. And I, you know, that was one thing. But when we hired Dave Borbley, it's probably the the the, 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 the 
the, the thing that I thought that we, we nailed it yeah. was he was a great teacher. And in five minutes of in, his, his interview, I took him out on the field. I said, I want to see coaching, <laughs> you know, not sitting on a board drawing, yeah. you know, formation and who's blocking yeah. who. But we put him in gym shorts, gave him a pair of pit shorts and, and pit T-shirts, said, yeah. you know, coach us up. Yeah. And after five minutes, I said, that's my guy. That guy can teach. <laughs> that's awesome. And to yeah. me, it's, it's about teaching. That's what we're doing. We're all teachers. Yeah. Um, and, you know, probably to learn that, you know, so, you know, just hiring the staff and yeah. how you did it, how you went about it. And, and then how are you going to hire teachers? What would you say is your competitive advantage as a head coach? I feel like you put coaches in, he's a great recruiter or he's a scheme guy or he's a program builder or he hires great staff. What's your, what, what's the thing that you do the best? You know what? You know, I'm not going to be one to pump my horn, but I feel like I do everything. Well, the best. That, that's why I asked you. I think because I just can't put you. In I the think bucket. that guy that says, "Hey, I'm the," you know, "Hey, I'm a great defense coordinator." Yeah. Okay, and I had my successes on defense and all that, but I've always felt like if you want to be a head coach, you better be able to do it all. Yeah. If I just like to coach football and I don't like to recruit, we got problems. And I tell our <laughs> yeah. young coaches all the time, like, you know, you don't want to be known as this guru, you know, linebacker coach or this guru, you know, uh, wide receiver coach. You want to be able to be the whole package. If yeah. you want to go as far as you can go in this business, you want to be the whole package. Yeah. And you better have a desire. Like, I loved recruiting. Yeah. And uh, when I first got with D'Antonio at, um, at Michigan State, um, or excuse me, at Cincinnati, um, he said, hey, I just want you recruiting defensive guys. You don't have an area. And I'm like, man, coach, I want an area. Yeah. <laughs> I need an area. I like yeah. to cultivate an area. I want to be in that area. Yeah. So he gave me Northeast Ohio. Uh-huh. And then the next year, he gave me New Jersey. And then the next year, he gave yeah. me Maryland. Pretty soon, I probably had more area than anybody else on the staff. Yeah. He just kept adding it to me because I you know, did a good job at it. So you better, in this business, you better be a, you know, you better be able to raise money. You better be able to recruit. And you better be able to be a football coach. Yeah. You better know how to coach and teach. I think anybody that can just do one of those and, hey, I'm a great recruiter, but, you know, you can't manage a game. Yeah. You have not problems. It's yeah. not going to be. So that's why I think the transition was smooth for me because I'd love to do everything about yeah. what we do. You ever think it'd be easier just to be a defensive coordinator in, now, in, in today's game? <laughs> oh, there's no question about it. Did I ever think it? <laughs> Did I ever think place. it, Adam? Like every day. Um, but you know what? Like I, I think coaches make mistakes when they you know want to be yeah. the coordinator still and a head coach. I think yeah. it's hard to do both. And I, you know, I, I haven't called it down since I've been here on offense or defense. You know, I, I you know I'm coaching during the week. I want to make sure the game plan. Everything that's on that game plan is what we want on a game plan to help us win the game. And I always say this, a great game plan is one that there's not a bad call. Yeah. I could go eeny, meeny, miny, more when I was at Michigan State and just point to a guy yeah. or point to a play and, and, and feel it's good about it because yeah. it's all sound versus what they do. And if it wasn't unsound, it's good for this, not good for that, it's yeah. out. Yeah. Um, because it's it's too hard to call the game like that. Well, it's a good run call, but they threw the ball and it's bad. Yeah. You know, like we look, we look bad that way. So um, I think, you know, that, that's that's part of it. The 2021 ACC championship season, you know, it was kind of the, the pinnacle of the success. Everything came together perfectly. You had a great quarterback. What was that season like, and what, what was it that came together that year to allow you to have that success? You know, we came off of a uh, you know, COVID year, right? Yeah. 20 was a COVID year. We might have had a better football team in 2020. Yeah. That's the crazy thing. <laughs> we had you know, COVID. We're running around masks. We yeah. got 11 games in. We opted out of a bowl game. Yeah. Uh, should have actually had another game under our belt here, but uh, – you know, again, I've, I felt like we could have won a championship in 20 and 21. We could have been, you know, back to back. It just, you know, guys opting out and, and COVID. And I mean, 
we sat up there and practiced. You know, we had coaches on our staff that didn't believe we'd even play a game. And I'm like, guys, we're playing a game. Like, <laughs> don't go out every day coaching thinking that, well, we're not going to play a season anyway because, yeah. you know, the Big Ten cancels football. Yeah. But there was just so much, I mean, to, 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 you know, to get our kids to go out there and play and, mm-hmm. and, and believe that we're going to play a season when the Big Ten just canceled and all these things are happening. Uh, that's a that's a hard thing to do. So, yeah. um, but you know, we got them out there. We just didn't play, you know, up to the capability of, of what what our football team was. But twenty one came together uh, because it was the next year, and we still had really good players on our football team. We lost some really good players as yeah. well, you know, after the twenty season that went to the NFL. So, um, you know, it was just you know put it together, and, and yeah. our kids did a great job. And it starts with the quarterback. I mean, Kenny Pickett was outstanding. Yeah. Uh, it was hard to go wrong with with, with, mm-hmm. with what number eight did. <laughs> What's something about Kenny Pickett that most fans don't know or realize? Before we get back to the pod, let me tell you about Manscaped. Guys, here's the reality. It is summertime. Summertime means more fun, more ladies, more time on the beach. And what's crucial during that time? You have to look good, top to bottom, literally. The way I make sure I'm looking good and fresh and light every day in the summer is with Manscaped. The Performance Package 4.0 has me feeling my best. Last time I was at the pool about two weeks ago, I had the shirt off, my face was clean, I was groomed well below, and my confidence was at an all-time high, and it paid dividends for me. Here's why I love the Performance Package 4.0. The Performance Package 4.0 has everything you could ever need to keep you looking your best. It comes with the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and even a travel bag to hold all your tools. Trust me, guys, you don't want to miss out on this bundle. So guys, go to manscaped.com and use my code ADAMB for 20% off and free shipping to get what you need to be feeling good this summer. That's code ADAMB at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping and guys supporting the sponsors of this podcast like manscaped helps support me and allows me to do this podcast every week for all of you so go to manscaped.com use my code adam b for 20 percent off and free shipping what's something about kenny pickett that most fans don't know or realize oh gosh i don't i think i've, I've said everything about kenny pickett um <laughs> you know it's just you know he will will you to win yeah. okay and that's what the steelers are going to get out of kenny pickett he is going to will you to win. You know, you can talk about hand size and, and you know, his height and, 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 and body weight, you know, the football intangibles, all the knowledge he has. I mean, he, he is a worker and he will will you to win. Yeah. Um, and I think that was the most impressive thing. He's just he's a natural leader and he'll lead the Steelers just like he led the Panthers, you know, yeah. uh, to a championship. He'll lead them to a Super Bowl. I have no questions about it. So uh, there's not a whole lot people don't know about Kenny, but he's just a guy that everybody wants to play for. Yeah. You want to coach him and you want to play for Kenny Pickett. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of talk right now in college football around conference realignment. A lot of things are happening. School's moving around. Um, what are your thoughts on the ACC and kind of the future of this conference and what things may look like, you know, five years from now? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say what's, I mean, shoot, you know, there's so many things, you know, going on in college football with name, image, and likeness and the portal and all the different changes yeah. that are happening. It's hard to say where college football is going to be in five years, but I think the ACC is in, in a good position. I think, I think other teams start to jockey for more power here and there and, you know, and at Pitt, we're not, we're not doing that. We've won a championship. We've been, to, you know, two championships games since 2018, um, but we're not sitting here jockeying saying, hey, we deserve this. We're just going to play football. We're going to coach. And, and do our job, uh, you know, uh, you know. So I think the ACC is in, in, in really, really good shape. Yeah. Um, you know, people, there's, you know, no one can really leave unless they get out <laughs> of that, you know, thing. And uh, if you're if you're not happy, keep winning, and maybe good things will happen for you. <laughs> right. um, but uh, I think we're in a great position. I think we got great teams. The thing I love about the ACC is the combination of your the academics 
in the football. Yeah. Uh, and we've got it all. I mean, it's not just a football conference. It's, it's, a, it's the whole package. And, and the commissioner's done an incredible job, um, you know, Jim Phillips, and, and really, you know, taking it to the next level, I think, yeah. and just trying to get better at everything we do in the conference, which I think will relate with everybody else yeah. as far as the, the other 14 teams. There's so much talk about kind of the negatives of, of college football right now and how things have changed. And we'll talk about NIL and the portal. Do we have, to, what, really, what, we have to talk about that? I mean, maybe. We can bring okay. it up. But what, what's something that is going right in college football right now? What is something right? Golly. You know, um, and again, I, I can't worry about college football. Like yeah. you could say, I could say, hey, it's about the relationships you have with players and coming through the door. The thing that's great about college football is as coaches, we get to coach a game that we love. Yeah. I get to come to work every day and, and deal with our kids that I love. Yeah. Uh, that's the great thing about college football. And I, you know, and, but that could be great here at Pittsburgh and not so great somewhere else. Yeah. So I think, you know, I, I just, I'm worried about Pittsburgh. I can't worry about, you know, what it is everywhere else. You know, I think the thing that's great about college football for me mm. at the University of Pittsburgh is the people we get to work with every day. You yeah. know, our staff and our players. And to me, that's that's all I can worry about is what we do. But that might not be the same case everywhere else. So, yeah. um, but, I, you know, I think, um, you know, I think where they're going with the 12-team playoff, I think, is a good thing. I think, yeah. you know, when you look at overall, I think giving, uh, you know, more teams opportunities to be in that oh, big yeah. game and be in the playoffs um, you know, gives everybody ho more hope. Mm -hmm. uh, even though when I walk through these doors, I said, we're going to win a championship. That's the reason I took this job is to yeah. win a championship. But now you can sit there and say, not just a you know, conference championship, let's win a national championship. Mm -hmm. what, what's your strategy when it comes to recruiting? You know, I, when I think about this place, you got, you're in Pennsylvania, where it's a, it's a great recruiting base, but it's also a place everyone comes to recruit, right? You're competing with schools all over the country. Uh, this region, Pittsburgh, has historically had a lot of really good players. How do you kind of balance having to keep kids home, and then what's your strategy going national? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we want to try to keep as many local guys here, Pittsburgh guys, you know, Northeast Ohio guys, Jersey guys we can, but we want to stay in our backyard, yeah. which we consider Pennsylvania, uh, obviously, um, you know, the state of Ohio, New Jersey, New York, mm -hmm. um, and then the DMV, really. I mean, that's our, you know, the drivable places where, you know, recruits can be here for a game yeah. on a uh, September Saturday or uh, just get here, you know, for, for a spring practice. Um, and then we're gonna we're gonna skip over to Carolinas unless there's a connection there, mm -hmm. and head down to Georgia and Florida, and yeah. not try to recruit too much. My my basic philosophy is is, you know, go in a, a few places and be really good in that area. Yeah. There's nothing worse than you know trying to spread yourself so thin, as a staff and not you know and not recruiting. You know the, the the really good football players. I mean, yeah. if you try to you know pull, hey, you have the whole state of Georgia. Like, how's that guy going to recruit the whole state of Georgia by himself? Yeah. You know, it's just hard to do. We got enough people in the state of Pennsylvania. We don't want to miss on anybody yeah. uh, that we really really want. I mean, we're going to may appear that we missed on somebody, yeah. but uh, maybe we didn't. You know, it's like <laughs> no we, one really we, knows. We right? make those decisions. <laughs> you know? We know in here what our thoughts are. Yeah. Uh, we we do a great job evaluating. You know, the talent. I think mm -hmm. and whether it's in-person town at a camp or a practice in high school, but just doing a good job evaluating those kids in every yeah. aspect of their lives, not just on the field. And that's, you know, you want guys that are program guys that are going to come here and develop and get better. And that's yeah. kind of been our philosophy. You mentioned evalu the evaluation process. What is the evaluation process here and how much, you know, I'm always interested, interested to hear how schools deal with offers and, you know, are you approving every offer? Does yeah. that go up the chain like that? How, how do you guys handle that? It's a great question. Um, and it's funny, I had an ACC coach say how did you have six guys drafted and that many free agents like how are you doing it yeah and i said i said to him and again i won't mention his name i said to him i said do you watch every single player mm. that the coaches you know want to offer um and he says i'm starting to watch more and i'm like well that's a problem yeah. for yeah. me 
Yeah. Like I would have a hard time sitting in this closing room, as you call it, and, mm-hmm. and closing on a guy that I haven't watched his tape. Like how do I talk <laughs> and have a, a, a serious conversation yeah. about what he can do at Pitt? Every player that walks through this program, I have watched. And again, mm-hmm. it goes up through a, you know, a whole write-up on, on each one of these kids. It's computerized. I can go back and look 10 years ago at what we thought of a kid. And mm-hmm. sometimes we make mistakes. Man, we didn't like that kid. He turned yeah. out to be a... You know, you know, an all pro in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we make mistakes, yeah. but we've always had that that feeling that hey, don't worry about the ones you don't get. Worry about the ones you get that can't play. Yeah. But let's just say, let's talk about your position, that tight end position. Mm-hmm. If someone's got a tight end in their area. The area coach is going to evaluate them and say, hey, I mm-hmm. like this guy. Went in the high school. Watched his tape. These are the things I like about this guy. He'll send it to the tight end coach. Tight end coach likes him. It goes to the coordinator. The coordinator likes him. It goes to me. Then I'll make the final decision. And I, pro- I probably agree with probably 80% of them, yeah. but there's, you know, maybe, maybe 70% of them. And there's another 10 that I'll kind of go yeah. either way on. And then there's 20 that I'm like, man, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't like it. Them. I don't, <laughs> I don't see what you guys are seeing. Yeah. Um, and I'm very consistent. I, I, I always feel it's a consistency in the evaluation mm-hmm. um, that like, this is the standard. And, you know, we got, you know, rankings from one to 10, we're going to rank a guy on different categories of yeah. whether it's, you know, tight end, his blocking ability, his, you know, ability after a catch, you know, what, what are their hands like? And we try to evaluate that. And I, and I got my stand, nobody's getting a 10, yeah. okay? And probably <laughs> nobody's getting a one, but if there's someone exceptional with something, and we get overall grades and we get, a, you know, a yeah. point total on these guys. So it's really, really detailed. And that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. And we're not recruiting stars. You know, it's too many people recruit stars. You we don't just see- follow the two four seven rankings. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and you'd be amazed. The lazy man's recruiting is just recruit stars. Yeah, and your recruiting class may look really good on a piece of paper, but yeah. you know, what are you going to do with it later on? I'll never forget two thousand and um, four. Our first class at Cincinnati was ranked eighty sixth in the country, and we had eight guys drafted off that class. Wow, that's doing it the right way. Yeah, and it's the same thing. I think they re ranked our two thousand eighteen class. Is that was that correct, DJ? Uh, and it, you know, got ranked ninth in the country when it was like I don't know in the fifties. Yeah. I don't even remember. It was it's like, amazing. but they re-rank what happened to them, and it's like yeah. that's the same thing that happened at Cincinnati. But it's evaluating and and it's also developing. Yeah. You know, getting guys that fit in your system. In, in today's college football now, with the transfer portal, how do you balance the need to build your program for the long term with high school players uh, keeping them in your program for four years? versus winning right now by maybe going and grabbing more transfers and, and winning immediately. Because there's the balance of, of all that. you got to wait now yeah. with, with the portal. Well, I, th- I think you win with, rela- with relationships. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. And I think the only way you build a relationship is long-term, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, if you every year go have another wife and I'm going to go marry <laughs> another girl, I'm gonna, you know, like, how, you know, how's your life going? And, you yeah. know, and you think you might win for, for a month <laughs> or a week. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, we're going to build our program with high school players and we'll mm-hmm. supplement it with a transfer most of the transfers we bring in are guys that we recruited the first round mm-hmm. that kind of go gosh coach i made a mistake i'm coming back i mean yeah. mj mj devonshire being one of those guys that finally came back kid from al who's going to be an nfl player and you know had a great year for us last year he's going to be even better this year but just one example of a guy that came back home and whether it's you know a kid from pittsburgh or if it's a kid from california that mm-hmm. came back to us um, it, you know, we're going to re-recruit those guys if they end up going in the portal. Yeah. You know, we're not trying to tamper with them. I guarantee, yeah. guarantee you that. <laughs> well, that was my next question. So, uh, NIL in, in the portal. So, I, I think a lot of people agree, and you probably would too. That NIL at what it was meant to be is a good thing, right? Players can make money. It's it's good. Real, where the really bad combination comes is NIL combined with the transfer portal when it's used in. Uh, 
you know, in to get kids to, to switch schools. Honestly, when I think back to the NIL portal era, it started here with one of your players, Jordan Addison, who left to go to USC. Uh, that was the first big moment I remember in that era where people were talking about NIL and the portal uh, right. and what it really meant for college football. Two-part question. Number one, what do you think of it, the combination and, and how, how you've seen it play out in college football? And then what can be done to fix it? Whew, well, we're trying to fix it. Um, you know, it, again, it, it can be you know, it can be an issue, yeah. uh, obviously, and I think everybody's got their own issues. You know, we're trying to hold on to our guys um, and and try to you know, just to me, it's like we've done a great job of not losing guys mm-hmm. that we really want to keep here. If a kid wants to play, it's like and it's better he's not going to play here. Then the portal is good for those guys. Mm-hmm. But when when the tampering happens and guys are coming to steal your guys is when. That's when it gets bad, you know, and it shouldn't be able to go in the portal because someone's offering you more or, or you know, wants to you know, throw around a different color yeah. jersey or logo um, to entice you to go to their school and, you know, players recruit you because a coach told you to, to go recruit a guy because of a need. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's when it gets bad. And I, I don't know how you fix it. Um, it it's, it's difficult. I mean, I think certainly... Um, you know, shortening the windows for when these guys can go into portal. I mean, probably 85% of the kids decide in the first seven days when that portal opens. So why do we need 14 yeah. or 21 days or 30 days, you know, just to drag out for a coach? It'd be nice to at least, if a, if a kid's not happy, and I talked about if a kid's not happy, I don't want him here anyway, yeah. you know? So I want guys to be happy and, and you know, there, there, there's too many unhappy kids throughout the country. If they are not happy, they probably need to find another situation. But my number one priority is make sure our kids are happy here, and we're not losing them. And really, besides you know Jordan Addison, we've been pretty fortunate with the portal. We're not yeah. you know you lose one great one, and again, one a Belitnikov here at Pitt, and and uh, you thought you did everything right for him, and he was happy, and, um, and then all of a sudden one day you know yeah. he's not, which went on for months as far as just the recruiting process. So um, the, the important thing is, I think you control the portal by making sure you have a good culture. And we start yeah. off the conversation with the culture. Um, and just making sure you're doing things right there where nobody wants to leave, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, I'm sure our guys have been offered money to leave here, but, you know, it ha- they haven't walked in my office and, and leveraged that against me yeah. uh, because they're happy. And that's that's how you control it is, is have a happy house. Yeah, and then a lot of times the players, I talk to a lot of guys who go somewhere thinking they're going to make a lot of money and they actually don't, right? <laughs> I mean, have you seen the same thing? Mm. <laughs> yeah, there's a... There's a lot of stuff going around, and you know, I'll relate it back to you know when my dad was coaching. There was a lot of lying going on years and years ago, yeah. probably before I got into coaching. Um, and I'm sure maybe in my early years of you know just the, the, the you know the lying that went on. Well, now with social media, it's hard to you know you, if you're you're not telling the truth and telling it like it is. Yeah. I just think kids become unhappy when you get there, you know. Yeah. And I think probably one of the biggest lies always was you know where coaches would tell kids, "Hey, you're going to come here and you're going to be a starter as a freshman," right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, you know, you. Anybody's, yeah. Guaranteed, yeah. Yeah. anybody's guaranteeing you that, you know, is bad. And then all of a sudden yeah. you get there and you're not starting. How are you feeling? How, you know, how's, how's that relationship with you and that coach now? So I think, you know, it starts, you know, it starts with that. But, um, you know, it's, it's a difficult deal to juggle. But just if you take care of your house and the details of what you do and how you run your program, you should be okay. You know, I, I had Kenny Pickett on, the, on the, this podcast and we were talking about NIL. And he talked about, staying at Pitt his whole career and how, you know, he was having a lot of success. And if, if Kenny would have entered the portal at any point, his market value goes up exponentially just because of the, the potential for schools to come take him. Right. And Kenny was talking about that difference of, 
you know, if you stay at a school versus getting in the portal and, uh, and you know, the commitment he had for Pitt. What do you think it's been that's allowed you to keep guys consistently from hitting the portal and then maybe if they did keep them at, at school longer? You know, I think it's, again, it comes down to, you know, that culture and, yeah. the, and the happiness that these kids are having while they're at that program. And, you know, Kenny never, you know, he never wavered at all. It was yeah. never a conversation where I think I'm going to, you know, to me, it's generational wealth. You're yeah. all looking for that. You're not going to, you know, not make a living with this yeah. name, name, image, and likeness. Yeah. Um, but, you, you know, Kenny became a, he's a legacy player here. I mean, he walked yeah. through the doors, you know, in, in 20 years, like, you know, like Tony Dorsett and Larry Fitzgerald and, and Aaron Donald. He's one of those. Yeah. And yeah. when you leave, you lose all that. Yeah. Uh, you, you never have a home to go back to. And, and that's something that I sell all the time with the guys is, is it, this is your home and you want to make the best of it and I think anytime you change you know, it's no different than changing a playbook mm-hmm. you know and, and, and leaving for whatever reason and it's, it just slows down your progress and your development and Kenny yeah. stayed another year and he could have popped to the NFL the year before and, yeah. and maybe been a third or fourth rounder but he became a first rounder and, and he's set for life and that's that's yeah. the key and he could have you know raised you know what you said, his his status, I guess, in college football by leaving and, and being one of those guys that was going to be a great quarterback somewhere else. And, I, hey, I did a great job at Pitt and go somewhere else. But, you know, he, he would he have yeah. been a first-rounder? Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. not. That's great. Who knows? Yeah. The thing I'm curious about in, in the head coaching chair is how you um, – go about making sure everything's done the right way in your program consistently, right? You're responsible for everything. There's the head coach control rule. There's everything that happens is your responsibility, but you also don't want to micromanage every single part of your program. How do you go about making sure things are done the right way, but also not being too on top of every single coach and assistant in your program? Guys, we have a new sponsor for the Next Up podcast called Dara Lab, and I am fired up. Because of Caldera Lab, I'm able to put my best face forward. How do I do that? By adding a skincare routine from Caldera Lab into my day every single day. Now I know what you're saying, there's no way this guy sticks to a skincare routine, but joke's on you because there's no way this face stays this clean and looks this good without it. And honestly, it's not that hard. I just needed the tools and now I have them from Caldera Lab. Here's some insight on my personal routine. Number one, the clean slate. It's a face wash that starts and ends every single day for me. Number two, the base layer, a moisturizer that hydrates my skin, and number three, the good, a bedtime night serum that has my skin feeling tighter and smoother than ever before. The skincare world is not just for females anymore, it's for men too, and it's doing wonders for me. So what are y'all waiting for? Go to calderalab.com slash AdamB for 20% off their best products. That's a huge discount at calderalab.com slash AdamB. And guys, supporting our sponsors like Caldera Lab supports me and allows me to do this podcast every single week for all of you. So please support Caldera Lab at calderalab.com slash Adam B for 20% off. How do you go about making sure things are done the right way, but also not being too on top of every single coach and assistant in your program? Yeah, that'll give you chest pain right there. (laughs) Uh, Probably the hardest part of the head coaching job is is not the football part of it. You got the coaches to teach what you want. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, the great thing about the football part of it is you have videotape. Yeah. You watch it. Watch the film. And, and the film corrects it. So you yeah. make those corrections, but it's all the other things that are happening around the program that you have to, you know, whether it's in the video room, in the recruiting office, all those details. That to me is, you know, and it's about details and whatever we do. It's details on the field uh, for the players and coaches. And then it's a details off the field for every other aspect. And I'm yeah. like one of those guys, Adam, that I am on every single detail. <laughs> you know, when I walked in the office today, I text Chris LaSalle like, hey, why is this like this and why is that like this? Yeah. You know, you, you take a couple of days off and you're looking like, why is that? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> and like, you know, but that to me is, 
is yeah. is the key. Because if I would just not, if I would let it all go, mm-hmm. then we probably wouldn't be where we are today. I, yeah. I don't think, you know. Yeah. But that's, but it's it's staying on the details, and that's yeah. my job to make sure everybody else stays on the details, whatever it may be, whatever phase it is, whether it's what that patio out there looks like, and mm-hmm. um, but it's it's everything. Yeah, I want to ask about your defense, your defensive philosophy. How do you? How has your defense been so successful? I think I saw a stat over the past five years. You have the most sacks in, in, uh, in college football. Uh, you play the cover four, the press. I mean, the, you got corners that play physical. Like, what, what is it that makes your defense special? Well, you know, I've had head coaches, you know, in game week say, yeah, they're very simple yeah. uh, to game plan against. Mm-hmm. And that's great. But I, I think, you know, being simple but complex with our defense. Yeah. I mean, when you watch us on videotape on defense, you're going to see on normal downs that we're going to be in four downs. Our linebackers are going to line up exactly like the quarterback thought they were. Mm-hmm. The tight end knows exactly where the linebackers are going to line up. Yeah. But, you know, because we know what we're doing, we get a chance to play fast. And I think that's been my philosophy. Regardless of where you line them up, what coverage you're going to play or what front you're going to be, be in, is just be consistent and be – our guys know the insides and outsides of what we do. Yeah. That's what we coach. And I always say this, you know, if you were a defense and you had to defend an offense – and they had five different runs that they like, okay? Mm-hmm. And you defended it out of one front. Our guys can fit that up pretty well and yeah. stop the run. But if you have five favorite runs that you're defending mm-hmm. and you had five different fronts on defense, yeah. how do you get good Confusion. at them all? Yeah. How are we going to fit that ISO in this front? How are we going to fit that ISO in this front? Mm-hmm. You know, all those different things. What happens if, you know, they run that play and we're in this coverage? Keeping it simple so our guys can play fast is the, mm-hmm. the biggest key. And no one, you know, and when you do that, you know your strengths and your weaknesses, and then your your other calls that you have on, on the okay. periphery, those are the ones that are going to help you be successful. So we're very simple. When people watch us, they're like, "Oh, this is easy. Yeah. We know exactly <laughs> where they're going to line up." But yeah. our guys know exactly what they're doing. So now it's going to be a it's going to be a one on one, and we feel like if our guys yeah. are playing fast and physical, and they know what they're doing, and we know what our change ups are. Uh, you know, as a coordinator, you know, at Michigan State, I mean, I would be able to make a change in the press box. You know, some t- people talk about halftime adjustments. Some mm-hmm. people talk about, you know, um, series adjustments. I mean, we're make, I'm making play adjustments. Yeah. I mean, as soon as I see them do something, like, I can adjust because we're not so, you know, so different in every different formation. I'm not just calling different defenses. And people yeah. go, oh, we can't defend that, so we just change our whole defense. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to just tweak our defense to stop whatever we have to stop. Yeah. The other part of it, too, is in today's college football, with the need on offense to play fast and, 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 and run a ton of plays and score a lot of points, but also I'm guessing that your philosophy traditionally is run the football to the clock, play really good defense, how do you balance that with with you know having to throw the ball a lot, but also making sure you're chewing the clock? Like you got you got Coach Whipple who wants to likes throwing the football. You got now yeah. Signetti who does a balance of of, of of both. Yeah, I've never micromanaged an offensive guy. Yeah. You know, I just want to score points. I don't care yeah. how you do it. I've never told a coordinator, hey, don't throw it mm-hmm. ever, 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 mm-hmm. or don't run it. You know, hey, just get in the end zone, and if it's success, <laughs> just score points. I mean, that's what it comes down to. As a defensive guy, you just want to score points. Yeah. That's how you win games. We score one more than the other guy does. Yeah. Um, so, you know, defensively, we have, you know, we're going to stop the run, and we're going to make you, you know, throw fades and try to complete the, the you know, the uh, low percentage ball there. 
uh, in my opinion. And and then, you know, offensively, we just got to put points on the board. And I think yeah. it's utilizing who you have. When you have Kenny Pickett, you're going to throw it more. Mm-hmm. If you don't have Kenny Pickett, you know, who's your new quarterback coming in? What are you going to do with him? And our job is to make those guys look as good as they can and score as many points yeah. as possible. It's never, never micromanage an offense saying, hey, this is what we want to yeah. be. I think when you do that, then you've handcuffed Handcuff your coordinator team. and you've handcuffed your players to the point where, you know, they can't be who they are. Yeah. I mean, if we got great receivers and a great quarterback, let's throw the ball. Yeah. You know, last year, you know, we didn't have Kenny Pickett. Like, we got Izzy at tailback, yeah. and, and and we felt like we had a great offense line and we had a great run scheme. So let's yeah. do what we're good at and then balance yeah. it from there. Just score points, baby, right? right. <laughs> the, um, you know, anyone who's had the level of success that you've had and gotten to this point has had ups and downs in your in your career. And I, and I think – gets breaks at some point in, in your career. What's a, a time in your career where you got a break, where something went your way that maybe it was luck or it was because you worked hard? When did you get a break in your career? I got a break when I got offered the, the pit job, right? <laughs> I mean, I had an offer on the table, you know, a couple of days prior at a different place, and, and I turned it down, oh, really? hoping that I'd have, you know, an yeah. opportunity to come to Pittsburgh, you know, just picking the right job. And, mm-hmm. you know, I would say the break, you know, the breaks come with patience, you know, and, you know, and, you know, you can't force it. You know, I think yeah. patience, you know, in selecting jobs is critical. Uh, you know, I've, I've been on, uh, uh, you know, on videos saying, you know, I think the patience and, and deciding when you take jobs, when you don't. Um, but it comes down to coaching happiness, too. Yeah. You know, I think when coaches make decisions to take other jobs, whether it's a, another head job or another, you know, uh, assistant job, I think, you know, they don't think about it. So, I mean, to me, you make your breaks. Yeah. And I think the patience that I had working with Mark D'Antonio for 11 years and waiting for the right spot and the right place to, to, to start your career as a head coach, that was the break I got. And, yeah. and, and having the trust from you know Ch- Chancellor Gallagher uh, to be that guy and, and get offered the job here at Pittsburgh. We, we talk a lot about overcoming adversity on, on this podcast. What's a time in your time at Pitt here where you had to, maybe it was the toughest moment or a time you had to overcome some adversity? Every day. <laughs> Every day. It's never you know, a it's not a matter. It's not a matter of, you know, um, if adversity is going to show up, it's about it's you know yeah. it's when and, and and what's the situation going to be. But the, you know we we deal with adversity every day, and it's it's one of the you know uh, one of the fundamentals that we talk to our players about all the time is how you're going to deal with adversity when it hits, and mm-hmm. um, and it happens for us as coaches. It happens in the middle of the season. I mean, last year you know we, we lost a couple games in a row. I mean, we lost yeah. to Georgia Tech, Louisville, and in North Carolina, you know. Oh, and three. And then we, you know, then we rattle off off the end. That was adversity that, you know, and to me, it's not panicking and pushing a panic button um, and and making sure your kids know that, hey, you know, steady the ship and we'll be, we'll be fine. Um, Don't, don't give up hope on, you know, on what we've, we've built here and how we're going to get it done. What's your, uh, your biggest win and toughest loss on the recruiting trail? Oof. The biggest win is Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Right? I mean, Kenny Pickett, you know, we got Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett was committed to us. Um, then we didn't have a quarterback coach or an offense coordinator, and he stayed committed to us. He came mid year yeah. without a quarterback coach, without a, um, you know, an offense coordinator. That's a lot of trust for, for a quarterback to no make doubt. a decision. And North Carolina was breathing down his neck. Yeah. That was a big victory right there. Um, and then you said the biggest loss in recruiting? It's the one that stings the most. Oh, man. You know. Probably, I mean, you know, when you look at mis- making mistakes, mm-hmm. we took a guy by the name of William Golson, who's still playing for the Buccaneers, number 92, who's an unbelievable individual, great player, great kid. Um, you know, during the recruiting process, he texts me every night, good night, coach. 
Mm. I mean, every single <laughs> night we had that kind of relationship. He still still texts me to this day about, you know, hey, coach, I hope you had a good night. I mean, he's just a super kid. Huh. But we made a mistake with one of his teammates. So uh, it's really, I wouldn't say, you know, if I had to say the biggest mistake we ever made was a kid named Jonathan Hankins, which was, he wanted to come to, to Michigan <laughs> State, and we didn't take him, okay? And we could have had him. He went to Ohio State, became a great player, and, you know, playing in the NFL still. We could have had William Golston and Jonathan Hankins right next to him. But that was a, you know, was a gigantic mistake. Yeah. And you hope you don't have many of those. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, we talked about the breaks and kind of getting lucky sometimes. Uh, and I asked Jed Fish this, and I was fascinated by his answer. What's the relationship between hard work, luck, and talent? And, and guys becoming successful? And, and what do you need to have of each, and how do they all play, play in with each other? Well, you'd rather have the guy that works hard. You know, yeah. The talent is the talent. You have what you have, right? Um, but you know, you talk about developing. But to me, it's putting in the work to get where you want to go. Yeah. Um, you know, we've taken a bunch of two-star guys and developed them into football players, and mm-hmm. you know, wherever I've been. So you know, which two-star tells you they have no talent, yeah. I guess, right? <laughs> so it starts with oh, they don't have any talent. So, yeah. but to me, it's working hard. I mean, sometimes you know, I, I want our guys to continue to work hard. As you know, as, as crazy as name, image, and likeness is, and these kids are getting paid to, to play mm-hmm. football. To me, it's still about being hungry and wanting to work hard. And, and I worry, and, and you've seen it in the NFL with guys that make a lot of money all of a sudden don't start playing as well as they did. Yeah. And then the guys that are you know those, those hungry. Um, angry players that you recruit are the guys you want that are that want to keep getting better and to keep getting better you got to work hard but yeah. you know the Kalijah can't see I mean that guy worked his tail yeah, off free. he made a lot of money and he worked like from day one to his last day at Pitt you never ever would say man Kalijah had a bad day today yeah. never yeah. because the guy worked hard so I'll take Forget talent. I mean, obviously you need some of it, so you, you got to have twenty five percent talent. But I'll take seventy five percent of guys that want to work hard yeah. and they want to. And again, it's not just working hard; like they work hard on the field, but they don't study in the classroom. Yeah, it's like everything. you have to do it all, and mm-hmm. and that's what we teach our guys here at Pitt to do is is yeah. to work hard on on the field and in the classroom to be the best they can be. Yeah. And, and you know, as a tight end, if you're if you're lined up a tight end or you know split out as a as a receiver, as a tight end, and you know the coverage pre-snap, you can run a faster route. Yeah. And just knowing pre-snap what you're going to get, is the middle field open or closed? Those mm-hmm. are things. And we do the same thing on defense. Like if I have an idea that based on the splits of these receivers, or this formation, or the backfield set, or the stance of the quarterback that's given away, if it's a run or pass, mm-hmm. I mean, whatever it may be, we're looking for as many things that we can steal from an opponent on videotape to help our kids play fast. And I think yeah. that's part of the hard work because, you know, I can give you the information as a player but if you don't recognize it and don't know it when you're lined up on game day and you're treating empty formation just like you do a two tight end (laughs) two back formation if you treat all those the same you're just going to be an average player and that hard work you know in the classroom and on the field is going to be the key yeah. but you mentioned hard work and you mentioned you know luck yeah. if you're if you you're counting lucky. on luck yeah. good luck to you you know i mean everybody's gonna get lucky on a play where they, yeah. you know but but it comes down to the work they put in to get there i don't think you know if you're counting on luck in, in the game of college football you got you're, some major problems so it's 25 percent talent it's 75 percent you want to develop yeah. those talented guys and then luck zero percent <laughs> zero i love it i love it uh what what's 
the way that you've changed the most since 2015 when you got this job? How have you changed personally as a coach? When I found out about this sponsor, I was fired up because I've been using Athletic Greens for years and I want to promote to you guys the things I actually use. I love Athletic Greens. As a former Division I athlete, I've tried countless supplements and recently my nutrition and my health has become a bigger deal for me as I get farther away from my playing career. And let me tell you, Athletic Greens is the real deal, has me feeling healthy and energized every single day. With as much as I'm on the road, traveling, shooting podcasts. It's hard to have a healthy diet, hard to have healthy nutrition, hard for me to get my vitamins and minerals every single day. My doctor even told me that last time I saw him. But with Athletic Greens, I get 75 plus vitamins, minerals, and a bunch of other healthy things. I don't even know what they are, but I know they're good for you. And when I wake up every single day now, I feel energized. My digestion has never been better, and I'm ready to attack each and every day because of Athletic Greens and AG1. So if you want to take ownership of your health like I am right now, try AG1 today at drinkag onecom slash next up and you get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs when you go to my link tryag1.com slash next up and guys all of you who support this podcast you guys supporting our sponsors helps me a ton so please go support AG1 and support next up through the process and optimize your health and nutrition today drinkag1.com slash next up check it out what's the way that you've changed the most since 2015 when you got this job how have you changed personally as a coach Oh, boy. I don't know. You have to ask someone else that. I don't know. <laughs> I, feel, I hope I haven't changed too much. Yeah. Uh, besides, you know, grayer hair, a <laughs> little thinner on top. Uh, that's how I've changed um, the, the most. But, uh, you know, maybe, 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 you know, maybe, maybe yeah. some maybe some coaches <laughs> would say I'm a little bit more laid back. And, yeah. and again, you know, you talked about micromanaging your staff. Maybe yeah. I'm less micromanaging and let them go and, and, and see what happens. Um, trusting that we have a good base of football knowledge, mm. um, you know. But then there's the other side of it. I bet your operations and some of the other people in the other departments, you know, in this building would say, you know, you're crazier, <laughs> you know, but, uh, as far as the details go. And just, yeah. you know, I'm big on communication. Like, when if things don't get communicated, like, mm. like you know, we all need to know what's going on. And if if something ch- it changes, you know, we have cell phones. You know, we yeah. can text message, we can email, we can call to let us know change. And it's, it's huge for our kids to learn how to communicate. So yeah. communication is another one of those things as far as culture. We're going to have a culture of communication here that, you know, that it's being addressed and communication is good. Yeah. I thought of this question on the trip here today. Um, you get so much on your play as a head coach. Like a mil- we talked about it, a million things you're responsible for. When you go to bed at night before you fall asleep, what's the last thing you think about? Mm. Is it? I hope no one's getting in trouble tonight. <laughs> you know, we you know, knock on wood. Now, um, we've been pretty good on that. When we, we start off a little slow in my career here with just little, whether it's guys speeding, you know, 117 miles an hour or something like that, we've really done a good job of you know educating our guys on how you act as a pit football player and a pit student athlete. Um, but um, you know, I, I I can't say you know I just worry about the whole program. I don't worry about us you know. Our players get in trouble. That's not one thing I worry about, mm. thank God. If I went to bed every night and had to worry about, like, who is going <laughs> to mess brutal. up tonight, we've recruited good enough kids that I'm really not worried about that. I mean, do guys get hurt? You know, we, we had someone get hurt a couple weeks ago, you know, mm-hmm. uh, on the 4th of July week, you know, and it's like, you know, we've had guys dive in a pool, but it was shallow during spring break. We had a guy do a cartwheel uh, on a beach back in the day during spring break and hurt his elbow and had to have surgery. I'm like, Jeez. starting middle linebacker, like, what are we doing? Um, but you know, but I, I don't go to bed at night wondering who is gonna 
get put in the newspaper. I really don't because mm-hmm. I think we've educated our guys good enough on that. But you just worry about, you know, just, are, you know, are we good enough to win, I guess? And are we doing the right things? And what can I do better as a head football coach? Yeah. If this place is to win a national championship like you want to, what are the one or two things that still need to happen? Um, trying to think here, you know. You know, I think obviously, you know, with name, image, and likeness, we got to continue to increase. I mean, there's some people that have, you know, 10, 15, 20 million dollar budgets out there um, in their collective. (laughs) Uh, You know, so our collective's got to get bigger. Um, But I think you can still do it without this gigantic collective Mm -hmm. because I think you can have, you know, a satisfied, satisfied, you know, locker room down there that's got all this money. What do I need to go play when I've already got enough, you know, to have fun? I want those guys (laughs) that are hungry to get that. So, but, you know, obviously, you know, the collective is a big thing nowadays. And until that comes under control, it'd be nice if there was a, you know, a ceiling on the collective. You only need this much in the collective because this is all you can pay your kids. You'd like to have a a salary cap, right? I mean, um, I think the National Football League has a salary cap. Um, But, you know, I think, you know, that needs to happen. And then we just got to continue to do a great job uh, recruiting. I think, you know, and and again, the key is recruiting and getting the right players here. And once we get them here, they're happy. Um, But it just comes down to, you know, recruiting the best players you can and, 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 and winning more battles on the recruiting trail. Yeah. Last thing I got for you, I want to play a little quick game, okay? Uh-oh. So it's, it's fun. It's easy. Uh, I'm going to name some players and some people you were around in your career, big parts of your career, and give me the first word that comes to mind when I okay. see them, okay? Kenny Pickett. Dude. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, Mark D'Antonio. Details. Kirk Cousins. Really intelligent. Jordan Addison. Smooth. James Conner. Tough. And last one, Tyler Boyd. Another smooth guy. <laughs> I mean, um, just, you know, smooth. Smooth I mean, is the just, best compliment you can give someone. I, think. I mean, for, especially for a wide eye. I mean, Tyler Boyd was just effortless in everything he did. Yeah. Uh, just so smart. I mean, he ran just beautiful routes. Every, I mean, you didn't have – and he was, he, was, he was a guy that you didn't have to – you know, he wasn't a rep learner. Yeah. Tell him once, and the dude's running this perfect. It. I mean, it's just like, wow. Yeah. You could throw it to Tyler Boyd every down. Yeah. And, and Jordan Addison was the same thing. You could, I mean, he was smooth. Like, those are two really good receivers. Tyler Boyd was a local kid, too, right? Was yeah. Was he a Pittsburgh guy? Sure was. Keep yeah. another one home. Yep. Yeah. Clarendon. I didn't keep him here. I, just, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't recruit him, but I, I benefited from yeah. being able to coach, coach him. It. Well, coach, I appreciate him. I think Pitt fans will enjoy seeing this and, and uh, getting to know you even better. But I, I appreciate it. I'm excited to see what you do this year. And congrats on all, all the success you've had. We appreciate you coming yeah. in today. It was beautiful, beautiful work out yeah. here today. Yeah, I like appreciate it. it, coach. Thank you. Thanks, Adam.